Now that Caleb Williams has officially declared for the NFL draft, everyone is starting to compare him and Justin Fields. But I think it's important that we take in the proper context around each quarterback and how the Chicago Bears will be evaluating the position. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. Join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the LockedOnBears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use our promo code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Com. On the show today, we talk about the Justin Fields and Caleb Williams comparisons here and how there's more to this than just purely the X's and O's scouting report of the two quarterbacks that we see on the field, but also things going on around them, where they are in their respective careers, the financial situation involved with both players, and also how the Chicago Bears are evaluating the quarterback position this offseason. And also, it's an opportunity to talk about some of the other lingering things around Caleb Williams, besides just whether or not the guy you see on tape is the guy you believe in as the franchise quarterback of the future. So there's a lot of different angles to kind of get into this besides just the pure like scouting report X's and O's side by side. Cause I think people start with that and, and you can look surf, surface level or big picture and say like, okay, some of the things Caleb Williams did at USC remind you a lot of the things Justin Fields did at Ohio State. He's a quarterback who's very good at extending plays. Sometimes that means hanging in the pocket for as long as possible. Sometimes that means getting out of the pocket. Caleb Williams, quite a mobile quarterback who can escape and scramble and make plays with his legs. Not as dynamic of an athlete as Justin Fields, but certainly not a statuesque slow quarterback by any means. He finds ways to make miraculous plays happen. He's a great, accurate downfield thrower. I mean, a lot of these things we talked about with Justin Fields, and some of those things can be positives and some of those things can be negative. People say Caleb Williams holds on to the ball too long because he's trying to make a play. He's trying to be a hero. And in college at USC and before that Oklahoma, he was able to get away with that and make these spectacular plays late in plays that make you think like, wow, what a great improvisational quarterback who can pull something out of nothing and turn a broken play into a huge play. But also sometimes he can hold on to the ball too long and pass up a play earlier, you know, pass up an open opportunity earlier in the play and maybe leads to a sack or a poor decision with the football sometimes later on in those plays. And those are all shared common traits between him and Justin Fields. And so people say, well, you know, why would you draft this quarterback that's kind of just like Justin Fields when you already have a Justin Fields in the building? You know what Justin Fields is at this point. There's not as much of a, you know, quote unquote bust potential that he's just going to prove to be no good. There's a certain baseline level that we know Justin Fields is. We don't know how great 
he can still be, but we know a, a certain level of what he is at this point. And so why why try and just start that over with with Caleb Williams? Now I will say, and this is not supposed to be a, a comprehensive scouting report of Caleb Williams. Later on in this offseason, we got plenty of time to really like dive into the tape and go in-depth scouting report on Williams and all of the other top quarterback prospects in this draft. But I think Caleb Williams is a quarterback who we've seen run the quick passing game more effectively at this stage than than Fields has up to this point. It's not something Williams did a lot of, but showed the ability to do so. Although there are still times when I have some footwork questions about him too. So uh, to me, like it's not so much about the specific X's and O's evaluation of Caleb Williams, but it's kind of the bigger picture here where it's like, even if you sit here today and say, Caleb Williams is exactly the same as Justin Fields. Not not exactly the same in terms of the scouting report, but in terms of like how good you evaluate these two quarterbacks. You say, Caleb Williams is no better than Justin Fields. To me, that still gives Caleb Williams the edge because Caleb Williams is 22 years old to Justin Fields, who I believe is still 24, but turns 25 in March. So on draft day, Fields will be 25 Caleb Williams will be 22. So you got three years younger plus three years more of rookie quarterback contract. And if you say that these players are even even equal right now, that's three more years of development that Caleb Williams can have before he gets to where Justin Fields is now. And that's time for him to surpass Justin Fields. And that doesn't mean that Fields won't keep getting better over those three years and will escalate his game over that time. Sure, that's part of this equation. But if they're starting from the same point, if they're starting at the same level of talent, if we're, if we're operating under that assumption, which I don't think is purely accurate, but, but for the sake of the argument, if we say they're about the same quality of player right now, so why take Fields? Well, it's because same quality of player, but Williams is earlier in the development stage. So as as Williams gets older, he'll get past where Fields was, in theory, if he is in the right situation and you develop him properly, in the same way that Justin Fields needs to be in the right situation and be developed properly. Like, that's the other side of this equation here that I think with with Williams gets, a, gets an advantage for resetting the timeline and being cheaper, resetting the contract timeline and also giving you more time to develop him, but him already being close to or where Justin Fields might be at this process, but also that... If this is not a, this is not, there's neither one is a quote unquote safe proposition, right? There's risk of drafting Caleb Williams and he doesn't pan out and he doesn't end up being a great quarterback and ultimately, you know, fizzles out. And I guess you would end up calling that a bust in some way, shape or form. And so you might say, well, Fields then is the safer choice because we've seen Fields in the NFL for three seasons. But Justin Fields is not without risk either as a quarterback where if you stick with Justin Fields, you need him to take another step forward. No, no one is sitting here today and saying the Justin Fields we saw this season is the guy to lead the franchise. The argument for Justin Fields is that he can still get better and that you can surround him with talent, with more talent and a better offensive coordinator. And then he will get better and be more that guy that you need him to be. But you're not saying today what we've seen so far is what you need exactly from Justin Fields. And so there is a risk that he doesn't get better and that the fields you see right now is more or less the fields you're going to get moving forward. And that fields not enough to build your franchise around. And then he's not the answer at quarterback and you still need another one. So between Williams and fields, there's a chance they're both great. There's a chance they're both failing. And so it's not, 
that Fields is the, the quote-unquote safe. Maybe he's the safer option because you've seen him in the NFL, but he is not a zero-risk option. I think both options come with risk, but Caleb Williams comes with more time for that risk, a younger quarterback, more time to develop, and a cheaper contract because we're a couple of years away from Fields needing to enter those contract negotiations and starting with potentially the Daniel Jones money level contract. I mean, we're looking at a potential, you know, big time salary that affects your ability to build teams. Like I'm not here today to specifically advocate and say, yes, Caleb Williams is exactly what the Chicago Bears should do with the number one overall pick. And that's their best plan forward. But I think when you start to compare him and Justin Fields side by side, to me, that's why it feels more likely that the Bears are going to take that number one overall pick. Now, the context gets expanded out of there because it's not just Fields versus Williams, but it's Williams and whatever you could get in a trade of Justin Fields versus Fields plus whatever you get from trading down for number one, which could be a bigger part of this mathematical equation for the Bears' decision. And it was a big part of why they decided to trade down last year. So we'll hear from Ryan Poles about how they're evaluating this quarterback decision and evaluating the quarterback position coming out of the draft next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. You know, big or small, things can start to get to you. They can linger with you. And sometimes you just got to let it out to someone who's unbiased in your life. Sometimes it's little things like being really frustrated that your football team kept its head coach when you thought he should fire him. Or being frustrated if your football team gets rid of their quarterback and drafts the quarterback or vice versa that doesn't draft the quarterback when you think they might want you to, right? Like those kind of things are sort of the little side of upsetting, but sometimes it could be the bigger side of upsetting as well. And having a professional to talk that through with is a really important part of maintaining your mental health. And that's where a place like BetterHelp can help get you access to the online therapy you need. Therapy can be different for everyone. So most of us have those bigger problems than just what our favorite sports team is doing. And it's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Lockdown Bears is also brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports because Prize Picks puts you in complete control. Unlike other daily fantasy platforms where you know you're setting a lineup and then you're putting your lineup up against like a thousand other people's lineups, and you have to get first place to really win anything of note. With Prize Picks, it's you versus the projection, you versus the house. So all all it is is you get your picks right. And you win. You pick two to six players and whether they'll perform better or worse than the prize picks projection. That's your lineup. And if you get your picks right, you can win up to 25 times your money just by putting your football knowledge to the test. Try it for yourself. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's an extra $100 to play with at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code locked on NFL prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. This quarterback decision will not be made easy for Ryan Poles. How you try and evaluate all the quarterbacks in this draft class, plus Justin Fields, and try and project, okay, how do we think those quarterbacks will develop? How do we think they'll fit with whoever the new offensive coordinator is? 
versus how we see Justin Fields fitting with that offensive coordinator and see his next couple of years and then weighing, okay, what can I get in trade offers for Justin Fields? What can I get in trade offers for the number one overall pick? How far down would I want to go? Would I want to stay in the top five and try and land uh, Marvin Harrison? Or would I drop down to, you know, the Titans at seven or the Falcons at eight or even farther down, depending on how willing a team is to move up? Like, this is not a one-to-one comparison and a, you know, a, a straight up, mathematical equation here that you can just, you know, grade fields at this number and grade Williams at that number and say, well, whichever number is higher is the quarterback that we're going to go to. It's not quite that simple. We have heard Ryan Pohl say at his press conference, we played the clip here on the podcast, that much like last season, Ryan Pohl's needs to be blown away by one of these quarterback prospects. If he's going to draft him with a number one overall pick and pass on the hall of trading down and everything you'd get and, and you know move on from Justin Fields, presumably in that scenario. He's really, really got to be blown away and really feel like this is the quarterback that he's got conviction about to be the long-term answer for this franchise. And he gave us a little bit more detail than that on specifically what they're looking at when they talk about evaluating this quarterback position. And I want to go back and listen to a quick clip here of one of the things Ryan Pohl said about how they're going to be evaluating the human being behind the quarterback just as much as the on-the-field X's and O's scouting report. If you weren't blown away by C.J. Stroud, what is your standard that's going to allow you to find a quarterback who might be better than Justin Fields? I know you don't want to talk about the evaluation, but the evaluation of Stroud that you had is key because it gives fans an indication of just how good you are at evaluating quarterbacks in an important decision. Absolutely. Uh, so there's a lot of it. There's, you know, the player aspect in terms of the human being and the leadership and uh, their maturity, and that's the human part. And then there's the tape. And we'll go through the tape and we'll look at, you know, processing and accuracy and all of those things to make sure they're on point to feel the best. Uh, there are situations where you go to and you develop um, and you may uh, overcome some of the shortcomings that you had in college. Um, there's situations where it's the, you know, the group around you that elevates you. Um, and the other thing too, is like, I would also, you know, have a little card, like you got the sample size to be blown away. Like in the NFL, like you got to stack year after year after year. So um, historically we'll look at those quarterbacks that have been able to be productive for a long period of time and kind of mirror that and compare that to some of the guys in the draft. A lot of the scrutiny for Ryan Poles here comes back to, you know, th- this is the process that he talked about last offseason, right? Needing to be blown away by a quarterback and obviously decided he wasn't blown away by the quarterbacks in this previous draft and traded down. But then C.J. Stroud comes out and plays really, really well for the Houston Texans. And so the question is, it's like, okay, well, you weren't blown away by C.J. Stroud here. So, like, what does a quarterback have to do to blow you away? But I, I think Ryan Poles talks about the big picture there of saying, like, and there was another quote later on where he talked about, like, they still feel like they made the right decision there because they got DJ Moore and two first round picks and future second round pick and you know everything they got from the Panthers trade. They viewed that at that time for the franchise was more valuable for them than staying at one and drafting one of these quarterbacks. And he insists like, no, we didn't get our CJ Stroud evaluation wrong. Like he said later on, like we're very confident in our ability to scout the traits and the tape stuff. Like we got the tape stuff locked down. He emphasized again, We want to evaluate the person, the human being, meet with them at the senior bowl, meet with them at the combine, meet with them with a private workout or private visit, those sort of things, and really get to know, like, 
Can this quarterback handle everything like he mentioned from a leadership standpoint, from a locker room standpoint? And in another answer, he talked about like, this is the Chicago Bears. And if we're taking you, especially with the number one overall pick to be the quarterback of the face of the franchise future, there is a, a such a high level of attention, stardom, scrutiny for a 22-year-old to come in and have to take that on his shoulders, much like Justin Fields had to take that on his shoulders. And Mitch Trubisky before him had to take that on their shoulders. And I think both of those guys handled that aspect of things as well as you could have hoped. You know, neither one, you know, put their foot in their mouths or said anything really embarrassing or seemed to crack too much under the media pressure. Although, you know, you could say that Justin Fields' confidence at times has been up and down, but I think that's been more a reflection of the team around him than like, you know, the pressure of being the number one quarterback in the NFL. Because, you know, whether it's Caleb Williams or any of these guys, when you're a number one, when you win a Heisman, for example, not much more pressure is going to be put on you than being the Heisman Trophy winner. Like, yeah, it's different, but it's is it is it that much harder? You know, I don't know. It's just going to be a matter of like, okay, is Ryan Poles blown away, blown away first by the X's and O's tape and then also blown away by the interviews with the guy? And that's where Caleb Williams in particular, I think, has been a victim of unfair and unfounded and just like unreasonable criticism for how we've seen him be on the sidelines at USC. It's always a quick part of the Caleb Williams argument. The lasting image of him seeming to be in tears with his mother on the sideline when when USC lost and him breaking down emotionally. And then people also <laughs> sort of, I'm still kind of incredulous about it, you know, throughout the, the fingernail situation. So I, I want to go through what the Caleb Williams criticisms that don't have anything to do with the scouting report and why they're really a bunch of BS next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Jace is the makers of the Jace case. It's a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among other stuff, especially, you know, this time of year when sickness is certainly around us, a Jace case can give you peace of mind. You're always going to have the medication you need on hand because right now you see pharmacies across the country dealing with occasional disruptions in supply chain issues. And all of a sudden you've got shortages where somebody who might need that antibiotic can't get it right when they need it. They have to wait a few extra days because they just can't get it fast enough. But having the Jace case, then you know you've got the antibiotics whenever you need them. Here's how it works. You visit jacemedical.com and you complete an online physician encounter. That's then reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important than today to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Com and use our promo code locked on to get $20 off your order. We can criticize and scrutinize Caleb Williams, the football player, all we want. We can nitpick his footwork, his progressions, his decision making in the pocket, his ability to get rid of the ball quickly and be decisive as a quarterback. All these things that you know, he does excellently sometimes and other times there are things to criticize there. Like th those things are fair game. And those are things we are going to do on this podcast. When we go, we're going to go late, really in depth scouting report level on, on Caleb Williams, Drake may, and the other quarterbacks here in the coming weeks on lockdown bears. 
But one of the things we are not going to do and that we're not going to put up with is criticism and scrutiny of Caleb Williams for being emotional and expressing himself in a lot of different ways because those are things that do not affect his ability to be a successful quarterback for the Chicago Bears or in the NFL and did not affect his ability to be a a successful quarterback at the college level for USC and Oklahoma and win a Heisman Trophy. So for those who aren't as familiar with these specific things about about Caleb Williams, you know, if you don't follow college football in particular, there was a scene with Caleb Williams after a game in which they lost to Washington this past November, where he was shown on the sidelines apparently crying, you know, essentially like tears running down his eyes, bawling, heavily emotionally crying with his mother. His mom was hugging him, holding him close, and I think eventually kind of like covering his head and covering his face as he cried and let it all out after a really difficult loss to a really good Washington team, but that kind of more or less ended USC's, you know, well, not that they were like right there in the playoff mix, but regardless, like it was the biggest loss of the season for Caleb Williams. And like that image of him wrapped in his mother's arms crying was shown on, I think it was national TV and is, is on the mind of a lot of people when they talk about Caleb Williams. And that to me is just not a valid criticism of the player. And the other thing we'll throw in there is famously or infamously. And again, if you don't pay attention to college football, you might not know this, but Caleb Williams is known to paint his fingernails. He did it at Oklahoma where, you know, it's just, it's not like he's making them, you know, pink and rainbow and purple and, you know, anything specific. Like a lot of times it's just different team colors, or sometimes it's little like emojis or images. I know at one point this past season at USC, painted his fingernails when they were going to play Utah and the the fingernails on his left hand spelled out F-U-C-K and the fingernails on his right hand spelled out Utah, U-T-A-H. His fingernails spelled out F-Utah. You know what I mean? This is not like, you know, like it's just a, a means of decorating a part of his body and expressing himself. Like to me, it's not really any different than a tattoo except that it's temporary. You know, it's, it's like temporary, it's like just te- temporary tattoos on his fingernails. Like he's allowed to express himself in that way. And whether he paints his fingernails or cries on the sideline, that is a separate question as to whether or not he is respected in the locker room, whether he is tough, whether he cares about winning and about his team and whether he's there for his teammates. There are not locker room questions about Caleb Williams in any of those ways. There are not questions about Caleb Williams's on-field toughness, his ability to take a hit and stay in the game, his ability for his teammates to rally around him, his ability for the locker room to support him and help carry him and, and be there for him through those good times and bad times. Like to me, the amount of emotion he showed with his mom on the sideline after the loss shows how much he cares. He cares that much that he has that kind of an involuntary emotional response, right? We do not choose our emotions. We, we, are, we are not able to, as human beings, to choose what emotions we feel. We can choose some of how we react and respond to our emotions, but when you're hit with an overwhelming emotion like that, you know, you can't just choose not to feel sad and to feel upset. There's different ways you can try and express those emotions, but you cannot choose the emotions. And it's clear that this, these emotions show how much 
this team means to him, how much winning means to him, how much success means to him. And to me, it, it just so happened to be captured on camera here of him being emotional with, with his mother. And we forget how much this stuff isn't usually captured on camera. You'd be surprised how often NFL players cry on sidelines and we don't see it. So we don't question their toughness and we don't question, you know, whether they're a good leader or a good locker room person, like players get emotional. Just like when we see players yelling at each other and quote unquote, you know, fighting, arguing on the sideline, they get emotional. They release those emotions on the sideline. And then, you know what, you get back out there and you forget about it and you're teammates and best friends again, right afterwards. Like it's the same thing. And to me, like there's a parallel here between these meaningless criticisms of a player on the sideline and off the field for Caleb Williams as in a very different way, Jay Cutler, right? When you think back to how people would criticize his sideline demeanor and the faces he would make. And certainly he was criticized for, you know, the NFC championship game, getting hurt and not going back in the game. I mean, those are things that are like, none of those were legitimate criticisms that affected how good of a quarterback Jay Cutler was or how good the Bears offense was with Jay Cutler. Like you could criticize the interceptions and the decision-making, et cetera, et cetera. Those are fair criticism of Cutler. But a lot of the other criticisms were not fair and are not indicative of whether or not this quarterback will be successful. And I think that applies perfectly to Caleb Williams here. It doesn't matter whether he puts things on his fingernails. It doesn't matter that he cried after a game with his mother on the side. Like that makes him human. That makes him real. Like if anything, as, as like a teammate, like, okay, he's not just a quarterback robot. He's like a real person that I care about. And when I see this teammate that I care about that upset, it makes me care about him more. And it makes me want to play harder for him. Like if there were other bigger issues where, you know, again, like locker room leadership stuff that you might think could affect his ability to be a quarterback at the NFL level, that's a separate conversation. Like I'm not here to make any sweeping judgments on Jaden Daniels from LSU, but comparatively, when he transferred from Arizona State to LSU, I think it's either Arizona or Arizona State, now that I'm not as not important, uh, but he, when he transferred away from Arizona State, I hope I said that right the first time, his teammates posted an Instagram video or an Instagram live where they trashed his locker and were talking trash about him and saying, get this bum out of here. We don't like this guy. Like there's, there's evidence of a locker room not liking Jaden Daniels. Now, I'm not saying that means Jaden Daniels is a character concern or a bad fit or not a worthy quarterback, et cetera. But just the point is like, there's another quarterback in this draft class who has that kind of evidence that isn't getting as much scrutiny, but because we can, we can mask homophobia in Caleb Williams and try and uh, try and make really unfair assumptions in that direction because, Oh, well, he must be less masculine or more soft because of the fingernails or because of the crying, which to me again is masked homophobia and other toxic masculinity. Like, that is not valid, fair, or meaningful criticism of Caleb Williams. On this podcast, and hopefully on any podcast worth its worth its weight, worth its listen, worth its time to you, you're not going to get a lot of time focused on that because it's not important to who he is as a leader and as a quarterback for your football team. It's not it's not negative things that are detracting from him. You're you're not going to notice if he paints his nails as an NFL quarterback, there might be NFL players right now that paint their nails that you don't even realize. It's kind of like the Colin Kaepernick thing where it's like Colin Kaepernick took knees at the, during the anthem for a long time before anyone noticed. And it's only once people notice 
then they care. But I, I would bet there are NFL players right now that paint their nails and cry on the sidelines. And you just don't notice it, so it's not a problem, and it's not a criticism, and it's not affecting those teams or those players' ability to be successful. That's why it's a bunch of BS when that enters the conversation about Caleb Williams. And I'm hoping this can be the last we ever talk about it on the podcast here, and I'm certainly not going to engage with it on social media or in the YouTube comments because it's just, it's just not. It's not a it's not a valid criticism, and you're, there's no there's no argument that. Because he paints his nails, he's not going to be a good enough quarterback or a lesser NFL quarterback. There's no argument that because he because he cried on the sidelines after an emotional loss that he's going to be a lesser quarterback or a lesser option for the, whatever team might draft him. There's a scouting report argument for all those things. X's and O's on the field. We'll talk about the tape for Caleb Williams. The rest of it, nonsense, bullcrap. Get it out of your system now because it's not going to be a part of this draft discourse on this podcast. I would love to hear what you think about Caleb Williams on the field. Caleb Williams as a draft prospect, as a X's and O's scouting report player. Love to hear how you think that compares to Justin Fields. Leave us a comment here in the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel. You could tweet us at Lockdown Bears or post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group. However you do it, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day, even throughout the offseason. We're still going to be here for you five days a week to get you up to date on any and all news out of Hallis Hall whenever they hire either coordinator, when we get a quarterback decision as we get ready for free agency in the not-too-distant future. A lot to still go through. We'll still be here every single day to give you another opportunity to bear down.